Good morning, church. There are two kinds of people on Sunday morning. Those who say, good morning, Lord, and those who say, good Lord, this morning. So I, I hope you are the first kind. Uh, you know, we are so, so thrilled and so thankful to be here. It's our first time in Orlando. You know, I, I, we visited the U.S. multiple times. My parents actually live in California since 2003. Our daughter lives, lives in U.S. for six years already. In two weeks, she's getting married here. So, you know, we're getting so connected. And, you know, we are so excited to be here with you guys. And a uh, special thanks to Pastor Peter for inviting us. You know, and, and especially for making the opportunity for us to, to go to Disneyland. It was our first experience, you know. We didn't dream about it, but, you know, dreams come true. You know, as they sing, and the, and, and uh, my wife was so excited when we were in the Magic Kingdom. So we were, when we were going, uh, you know, out of there, she said, "We should thank Peter Pan for being here." So uh, I said, "No, it's Pastor Peter. It's not Peter Pan." You know, so so. And your pastor is such a blessing for us. We, we churches in Ukraine are really blessed by his ministry because he came to our pastor's retreat, Kanania, uh, a couple of years ago. And then we started to have Zoom calls when we have pastors come and he would share church strategies and wisdom. And we are, I am so inspired by his heart, you know, and his desire to, uh, to multiply, you know, to, to multiply disciples and to, uh, to increase. And, you know, he would involved Pastor Ryan, Pastor David, Pastor Phil. It would be so, so good enforcement for us. So uh, really privileged, you know, to be here. And of course, our spiritual parents, uh, Rick and Betty Strombex and David Deaton, there is such an important role in our lives. You know, we are, we are born to be children. We are born children and both naturally and spiritually. It's so important to have uh, people who can speak into your life, uh, give God's uh, heart, apostolic, you know, prophetic insight. And uh, we are so, so excited. And it, it's, you know, I was, I, you know, I'm kind of trembling today because they both are speaking, you know, both of my spiritual parents, fathers. And I was listening and sitting down and listening to them for years and years and years. And now the two of them are sitting there. But, you know, I'm encouraged. I know I'm not an exam. Uh, it's, it's just they are supporting me. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I want to show a couple slides about Ukraine. Just for you to be, you know, uh, to, to understand what, uh, where we are in the world and the, what's going on there. So, let's, let's, let's our family... Uh, but one uh, daughter who is in U.S. as my wife. We just celebrated our church's 30th anniversary two weeks ago. A lot of ideas I borrowed also from your pastor. I called him and said, give me some insights, you know, how you did your 30th. So it's uh, Daniel, he's taller than me already. He's 16, Christina, 22, and, uh, and Mark. Uh, Mark, we adopted this guy uh, 10 years ago. We, it, he's adorable. Very, very love, love, loves people very much. And okay, so here's Ukraine. Ukraine is right here. It's, it's uh, Europe and Russia, and Ukraine is right here over Black Sea. And uh, our city is right here. Kiev is the capital, and Khmelnytsk is where we live. It's closer to west of Ukraine. And uh, uh, as you know, we do have. For eight years already, we have a war going on in the uh, in the east of Ukraine. Uh, you know, Russia took off. You know, the Crimea, 
the Sami Island just occupied it, and then, you know, they tried to separate all the east of Ukraine, but they were successful only in two regions, Donetsk and Lugansk, and still we have fighting and shooting, and people, you know, our soldiers get wounded, some, and some die, uh, you know, every, every day. Uh, as far as I remember, about 13,000 people died in this war already, uh, or, or, you know, from Ukrainian side. So that's our church, church building, we, and we, we want to be, you know, contemporary church with the eternal message, and we want to reach out to our community, uh, and uh, we have, you know, different kind of services that's our, inside of our church building, our, our worship just, you know, a couple of weeks ago at our anniversary, and um, yeah, that's our kids, we will love new generations, and that's the same idea we share, you know, and borrow from you guys, because it's so, so much important for us to invest into the future of uh, our kids, and they will be God's heroes, Davids, for their generation. Yeah, so we appreciate your prayers, and we know that you need our prayers, and we do pray for you and for your country, because, you know, if somebody sneezes in U.S., earthquake happens in Nicaragua, you know, so we know that, so we pray for you guys, um, yeah, <laughs> that you wouldn't sneeze, you know, and you know what, uh, uh, so uh, coming to my message, you know well that last year was a great test for the world, great shakening for the world and for, for everyone. It was a great challenge, you know, because we were tested, all of us were tested to the core. Our work with God was tested, our relationships were tested, our churches were tested. COVID was a great shakening, and it shook the whole world, we, know, we all know that. And you know what, uh, when shakening is happening, a lot of artificial or shallow things fall apart. And only real stuff remains. And the, uh, the pressure, the challenge was very real. But so was God's answer. God wasn't taken by surprise by, by, by what happened. And he, he didn't fall off the chair, you know, why? What, what happened in the world? And he is real. His answer is real. His response is real to the real tests and challenges that we may have in our life. And can I have my um, uh, 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 artifacts, I would say, you know, <laughs> two, two items. I asked to, to help us today as for, for illustration. When you, are out, when you are not moving for a long time, your muscles become weak. And uh, if you lay down, for example, after surgery, thank you. Uh, if you lay down after surgery for a long time, you, 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 you can get atrophy, you know, your muscles uh, decrease and you become weak. And the, uh, how many of you have uh, had people, you know, maybe your loved ones or somebody you, you're taking care of laying just idle for, for a long time? And you can see that their body is shrinking, right? They're waiting less and less and less. Why? Because they're not moving. Somebody said, you know, statistics said that uh, if the person is not moving at all, every day he loses 3% of his muscles and his weight. And, the, uh, you know, when we were in, you know, this lockdown thing, a lot of us, we, we had less opportunities to move around. We were limited. 
limited in our spaces, limited in our, you know, homes. We even became to study, you know, from our homes, to work from our homes, to have church from our homes. Great that we have technology, but we were limited and moving less. And when you don't move around um, enough, you become weak and you become atrophic. You become uh, very, very, very weak. And maybe some of us would need, you know, soon become, uh, and we would need this walking stick because we are getting so weak. And uh, it's so important, it's so important to, uh, to understand that we, we might have temptation to uh, slow down, might have temptation just to sit back, to relax. I, I know it's not happening in the US, but in Ukraine, some people just became so far Christians. They just sit, you know, with their uh, remotes and they, they're clicking, you know, choosing church, worship, pastor, message, you know, uh, whatever. And they, they're using that as an excuse not to move around, not to be back to the church life or to social life or to, to uh, in relationships. We know, we know that it affected everything from our personal, physical condition, our psychological condition, our spiritual work. But so important for people who uh, come through surgery. We had one sister, she had hip replacement surgery. And her hip was replaced. But they made her to stand up and to start moving the very next day. Wow. Why are you tormenting her? You know, she, it's, she's in pain. But doctor said she needs to move. She cannot just stay and, and lay down for a long time. So the move, movement is the key. And you, you, we have to realize, we have to realize that we will need either one of the two things, either walking stick or we can have the staff. We can have the staff. And what I, I want to talk to you about is uh, and he or she, and you, your name will be in today's message name, okay? Can you put your name here? And can we say it together? And say your name. Walked with God. Let's say it together. And walked with God. I want to talk to you about walking with God. Because you might have either walking stick or you may have this staff. God called us to be active. God called us to be on the move. And uh, Tim Keller, uh, uh, the uh, famous person, you know, I maybe heard or read his books. He read a wonderful book with the name uh, uh, walking, walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. And he said there's this. One of main metaphors for that the Bible gives for facing affliction is walking. Suffering is something that must be walked through. Walking points to making progress. Walking is something non-dramatic, rhythmic. It consists of steady, repeated actions that you can keep up in a sustained way for a long time. God didn't tell Abraham to somersault before me or even run before me because no one can keep up such behavior up day in and day out. Walking is rhythmic on and on and on. To walk with God symbolizes slow and steady progress. We all are called to walk with God. Me, you, we are called with, to, to walk with God. And it's so important to um, realize that as a part of your life and of your calling, 
We have people in the Bible who walked with God. And you know, uh, some of them, Enoch, walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. That's the, actually the only record that we have of Enoch. The only mentioning of him. And the most important was he walked with God. You know about Noah. Noah, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. I don't know how, I don't know how you want to be remembered or recalled later in history when people look back or go to library or go to Google, you know, and Google your name, what they will find out. What we find out about Noah, what was remarkable about his life, he was blameless, he was righteous, and he walked with God in his generation. Sometimes it, it, it may seem just unimportant, just something, you know, secondary. I just, you know, I just have my spiritual walk, I, I live for Christ, but... It was the most important thing that was recorded in the Bible about his life. Jesus, you know, God told Abraham, walk before me. Jesus told his disciples, follow me, follow me. So disciples were walking with Jesus. And it's so important to understand that uh, we have to be walking with God. That's our calling. Why is that so important? God is on the move. That's the first reason why we have to be walking with God. God is on the move. He is, of course, He's eternal. Of course, He created everything in the beginning. But uh, he, he says in His Word, in, in Isaiah, and in, in many, many places, that he, he is creating new things. He's doing new things. I'm doing new Do you want to know it? And God is challenging us. And, and also, we've got to understand, He is doing he is on the move we have we, we may feel passive we may feel limited uh, but God is not limited God is not passive and when you walk with him you are not you are becoming not passive but active you're on the motion secondly why it's important to walk with God because God provides direction for us he says in his word in Isaiah he says whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Would you like to be directed by the Lord? Would you like to, to hear this small, still small voice? Especially at the crossroads of your light, of your life. When you're coming to the, to the lights and you don't know where to turn to the right or to the left to go straight and you would hear his voice. We are called to realize and receive his direction. And thirdly, why it's important to walk with the Lord? Because God has his pace. He has his tempo, his pace. We got to, uh, I was reading Kenneth Hagin's uh, book one, one about God's purpose for our life and fulfilling his will. And he described that as Jesus appeared to him and was speaking. And he, Jesus said, I prefer you to be slower than, uh, faster than me. Because when you are even slow, but you still see me in front of you. But you, if you're running, forgetting about me, you don't see me. You're just by yourself. It's so important for, for us to uh, understand God's tempo. He's moving slow or he's moving fast and be with him. And Jesus says, you know, in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, 
He says about, uh, he says, uh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Many times I was imagining that in, you know, in my uh, head, like Jesus is having the yoke and then he is putting it on you. But instead, the picture is not like this, it's like that. When young ox would be, unexperienced ox would be, need, need to be trained, he would be put in the same yoke with the older and experienced, more experienced ox. And this way, he would, um, you know, pro provide for him the pace and the direction and would, uh, they would move together. And then, uh, you know, eventually he would learn how to move properly. So Jesus is not just putting his yoke upon you. You know, sometimes people think, oh, you know what? I have enough burdens and yokes in my life. And here Jesus is putting his yoke upon me. Thank you, Lord. That's not what I came for. But actually working in being yoked with Christ is a blessing. Because you understand his pace, his direction. And he is, by this, he, he's providing the peace for your soul. You're at rest. That's so important. And uh, since the walking with God is so important, what is walking with God? What, you know, okay, uh, I understand, Pastor Rostick, that walking with God is important, but how can I walk with God? You know, it's, uh, for many people, it may sound like very important, very scriptural, very spiritual idea, but many times unreal. But God is very real. He's very practical. Here are four things that um, may help us how we, uh, in understanding how we can walk with God. What walking with God means. Walking with God means being in His presence. Being in His presence. David says that I may walk before the Lord in the name of the living. When you are not just running or rushing, you walk before Him. In his presence, when you realize that he is there, he's in front of you, he's behind you, he's everywhere. When you're spending time in his presence, you're starting to realize, are you moving in the right direction? Maybe you uh, slided somewhere, maybe you, uh, maybe you stopped, maybe you're not developing. We've got to spend time in his presence and then he will give you the understanding of the move. Secondly, walking with God means to walk in the renewal of life. Apostle Paul says, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. When you became a Christian, when you were baptized in water, it was not the end. Yeah, you were told that it's only funeral where of yourself you are coming from, Alive, you know, you just were buried and then walk on your feet from your funeral. But it's just the beginning of the great and amazing walk with God that He has for you. And Paul says this: this walk is not just uh, fulfilling the religious rules; it's renewing of your life every day. God's bringing something new and new in your life because you are in Christ. Thirdly, walking with God means walk in the Spirit. God is Spirit. And those who worship Him should worship Him in truth and in Spirit. Paul says 
in order that the righteous requirements of, of law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, or who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And, and he continues in Galatians, he says, I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When you are trying to uh, fulfill God's desires and to please God, we, we want to please God, don't we? We want God to like us and to bless us and say, yes, you're walking the right path. But the way to do that is not just to trying to fulfill all obligations, you know, on all the rules. Or trying to not to do the don't do list. Paul says that's a recipe, great recipe. He says, if you want to, to not to live according to the flesh, just walk by the Spirit. Learn how to be led by the Spirit. And if you will be filled and led by the Spirit of God, and you, you will, if you will follow the way of the Spirit, this way you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Don't focus on the flesh. Focus on the Spirit. And develop this side of your life. Don't focus on don't, don't, don'ts, don'ts. No. Focus on fulfilling and being led by the Spirit of God. And, the, uh, and he says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That means Spirit, Ruach, God's, God's, God's breath, His wind. He's on the move. He's, he's moving. He's not steady. So therefore, he wants to live and breathe in you. And he wants you to listen to his voice and to be led by him. That's a great, great experience. And you can develop it in your life regardless of the outside limitations. Then we have uh, uh, to walk with God means to walk by faith. God is invisible. <laughs> and I know that you guys have huge project in front of you. Let's go big because our God is big. Because, our, you know, visions that God gives us is big. If, if this vision could be accomplished by ourselves, it's not from God. Because it, it, it takes God's factor to, uh, for us to fulfill His vision. So we are not walking by sight. We are walking by faith. And we've got to be, you know, the faith and action, they walk together. We've got to know what God is telling us to do. And then by faith, we are starting to do those steps. Your great example. To walk with God means to walk in light. To walk in light. Ephesians 5, 8, uh, Paul says, For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in, in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. You know, children of light, their walk is different. The way they walk is different from the rest of the people. The way they walk, the way they, they react, the, the, the way they have, you know, their motivation, their hearts, their, their words, their behavior is different. Be the child of God, be the child of light. You, you're not just trying or pretending to be the light. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world because the light lives in you and he gave you his word and you're inspired and you're filled with his word and when you live his word, you are becoming the living light. To have, you know, this uh, life in light means that we have fellowship. We have to walk in light as he is in the light and then we have fellowship with one another. 
It's so important to walk in light because we have uh, this kind of near, we have open heart relationships in our, in our um, families, in our homes, everywhere we, we see people. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses up from, from us from our sins. To walk uh, with God means to walk in light, in, in, in love. It's the last thing. Second John says, as it, this is love that we walk after his commandment. This, his commandment is love. When we walk in love, we walk in God. If, you, if you're wondering, God, how can I know that I'm walking with you? He says, walk by faith. Walk in my word. Walk in my presence. Walk in my love. Walk in my light. And uh, we are called to walk with God. You know, Paul was, I would say, in a complete lockdown. He was in prison. <laughs> he was chained to, and he was completely not able to uh, move around and not to go to the meetings, you know, and the, he didn't have broadcast, you know, so he just had to sit there and he was writing text messages and sending it to, to different churches. You know, he was completely locked, but he was not locked in his heart. He was, he was, he's, he was in Christ. And, you, you, you know, we have to walk through, walk through sufferings, walk through problems. Even if, if it's the valley of the death, of the shadow of death, we, we are walking with God. We are walking with him. And, he, you know, uh, David says, I am, I say, walk through the valley of uh, death, of the shadow of death. When you're finding yourself in a tough spot, maybe in a dry spot, in a desert, maybe in a valley of tears, don't park there. Don't buy real estate. You know, don't, don't, don't park there. Walk through it. Walk through it. And every suffering has an end, has an outcome. Every valley ha has an end. Every tough spot has limit to it. And God put those limits. And he, he, he will not let you to be tested more than you can endure. But just keep on walking with God. And the uh, last exhortation that I want to give you, to give you as to the church. Because uh, how Christians being so much pressed and uh, persecuted in the first age. Uh, and they, uh, how could they remain and be strong in the Lord and be faithful? They were in one body. They were walking with God together. This togetherness, this unity, and when we together follow Christ is so important. They devoted themselves to, to, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Word of God and teaching of God's word, training of God's word is so important for us to continue as a church to, to walk together. Being together, in small groups, in homes, having those, that unity, you know, uh, uh, whether you are here or you are behind this, the screen and you are, you are you're connected uh, via uh, internet. It's so important to have relationships, develop them, not to get lost, to have connection. And then they, they were breaking the, the bread because it's, a, it's the body of Christ that were breaking. And uh, you know what? Every tyranny... Uh, every tyranny was suppressing the church and in doing that they were suppressing water baptism and they were suppressing uh, Eucharist, you know, the breaking of the bread, communion. Uh, my, my grandfather was in prison 
uh, in Siberia because he was imprisoned for 25 years because he was a, a Pentecostal minister. And he was sent to Siberia. Uh, by prayers, he was released in five years. But they were persecuting and they not allowing them to have water baptism or communion because there's a spiritual power when you have communion, when we are united in one body. It's so important for you to have it. If you're not able to come, you can break, it, break, break, break bread in your home. But it's so important to be united in one body. And prayer, when your personal prayer and common prayer, it's so important for us to have it together. So, can somebody come and play for, for, for me for a second? Thank you. It's so important for us to, to be together. Not just to be um, uh, spectators, but to be, to be in action, to be doers, and to be involved, and together walk with the Lord, you know, for, in His uh, will for your life, for your home, for your family, and also in God's will for us as a church. I want to uh, ask us to uh, stand up now and to pray together because God called us to be the light to this world, to, to be the light and of the world, to be the salt of the earth, to be the city on the hill. And the, uh, as the church, we are called. And you know, the, uh, the challenge that you have, the project that you have is not for the man. It's not for people. I mean, it's not human project. It's God's heart and God's project to reach out to many, many, many people. Because that's what He came for. And He wants you to walk with Him towards that goal. And the last scripture that we will have, Hebrews says, Therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. I want us to pray together. Maybe you feel like a little bit dried out, you know, and uh, maybe feel some atrophy in your spiritual feet. Maybe you need some uh, restoration and new move of God in your relationships with your spouse, maybe with your kids. Maybe you're tense, you know, and you're limited in what you do. But we will ask for God's blessing and spirit to come and, and touch you in your walk with God as a family, as a person. And also, God would bless us to walk with Him as a church. Will we? Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank You today for Your presence. We thank You, Holy Spirit, that You are here for us. We honor You. We worship You. And we ask You, Lord, that You would come with Your life, with Your living water, and as your word says, that we would speak out the prophetic words over every dry bone, over every dry member, Lord, over every dry place in our life. We submit to you, Lord, and we speak your life. In Jesus' name, we speak your, pro, pro, proclaim your life over every weak part of our life. We are calling, Lord, on the, your divine uh, anointing and the oil that would come and refresh and revive us. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that everyone who is feeling weakness in his walk, in his family, Lord, bless those relationships. Deepen and refresh our, our walk with you. That we would not just sit back, but we would continue to walk with you in every area of our life. Also, we ask for a blessing 
for us as a church, Lord, that we would be able to walk as one body, being led by you as the head of the church, the Christ. We would be united in your love, in your truth, and in the vision that you give us on the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.